Hello and welcome back. Thank you for coming back to listen to episode five. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Emma's path to resistance. After she completed her vision quest and did her journey, she was there for about 10 months. What Emma did learn in that time, uh, she used to the best of her ability when she left. She did not go back home to stay with Beth. Um, There was a reason for that, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Uh, But she did go home for a few days after her survival journey and then returned back to Vision Quest, to the group home. During that time, she started to indulge in writing poetry and writing her thoughts down on paper and became quite a poet. Uh, She enjoyed writing and it really helped her sort out the things in her mind. After leaving Vision Quest, she was placed in a specialized foster home. And when I say specialized foster home, she was required to have mental health counseling once a week. Um, She was required to have follow-ups with the doctor for general health screenings. Um, The group home that she went into was run by, by a very young couple in their 20s, mid to late 20s. They were pretty hip with all the things that uh, teenagers went through. They were pretty wise, um, really smart about things. And they ran the group home during the week. And on weekends, another couple would come in and run the group home. Uh, Emma stayed there from the time she was... 16 till about by the time she got out of vision quest, she was 16. So by the time she turned 17, a little over 17, she's about 17 and a half. She moved on to a different part of her life. But during the time that she was in the specialized foster home, her parents, um, I'm going to call them Dan and Diane. Dan and Diane um, really were pretty smart. They were, really, like I said, pretty hip to the things that were going on with teenagers and young adults. In this group home, um, Emma had a sister by the name of Susan. She had a brother by the name of Tony who were around her age. And there were two younger kids who were around nine, 10 years old. Um, But we're going to focus on her relationship with Susan. They were around the same age and Emma and Susan loved to hang out together. They loved to plan things and go shopping together. And they would quite frequently lie to Uh, Dan and Diane about where they were going and what they were doing. 
they would say they were going to go to a girlfriend's house or they would say that they are going to um, go spend some time with friends and go to a movie or something like that. And, you know, Diane or Dan would drop them off and off they would go into a whirlwind of alcohol and drug abuse. And Emma remembers on New Year's Eve one year, um, Susan was just a, she was probably about six, seven months older than Emma. She had told Diane and Dan that she was going to go over to a friend's house to celebrate New Year's Eve. And Diane dropped her and Emma off at a local restaurant to meet up with this supposed friend's mom who was going to come pick them up. Well, they never met up with the mom because in the small town that Emma and Susan were in, uh, they were able to get into bars. Um, sometimes you weren't guarded. If you looked like you were 21, you weren't guarded. And Emma and Susan were quite endowed physically and they could pass easily for someone of their early 20s. So they went to a bar and again, it was New Year's Eve. Susan was friendly with the bartender. She knew him. Um, not really sure how she knew him, but she knew him. And um, he provided Emma and Susan with a few drinks. After about the third or fourth drink, Emma was quite tipsy. She went to get up off her bar stool and almost fell. So we were, they were, Emma and uh, Susan were waiting on a ride and um, someone else was going to come pick them up. So the bartender handed them a couple of pills and said, here, here, take these. This will help. It'll help wake you up a little bit, you know? And um, I remember the, the, the fact is that Emma was quite hesitant and Susan was like, oh, it's okay. These are, these are fine. These are fine. What they were what they called them back in the day were white crosses. So they were little hits of speed basically. And, um, Emma took two, Susan took two. And shortly thereafter the ride appeared and Emma and Susan were able to walk out of the bar without stumbling. The ride appeared and took them to another place where they had a live band and there was lots of drinking going on, dancing. It was more of a resort. So there were little cabins all around this lake. And um, Susan was with this man. Um, she was seeing him. And Emma sat at the table with them. But Emma... And she, she sipped on a couple of drinks that were bought for her. And 
she started talking to some people who were also at a table nearby. And one person asked her if she wanted to come with them to go smoke a little pot, get high. So Emma was like, yeah, sure. And she told Susan what she was going to do. And she said she'd be back. So Emma walked a few cabins down and walked into a cabin. There were probably about six people and they were all passing around a bong. And Emma decided to, uh, she was about 16. You got to remember this. Emma decided to take a few bong hits. By this time from the drinking and from the speed and from the pot, she was really messed up and, and she just couldn't like handle it. Um, she made it back to the main event where the live band was and the music was and sat down and talked with Susan and told Susan she didn't feel so good. And Susan took her outside and they got some fresh air. But while they were out there, Susan gave her another six hits of speed to help her sober up a little bit, to try to help her not be so drunk. And Emma took them, went back in with Susan and had one more drink. And at this time, the clock had struck midnight by then and people were slowly starting to leave the venue and Emma went outside and there were two double doors and between the double doors was a small little wall. Emma leaned against that wall and proceeded to throw up all over the place. And she was very queasy and Susan came out, took her to the car and Susan called Diane and Dan and said, or they were supposed to be back by uh, 1, one thirty, but said that they were going to be a little bit late. So Susan had made up the story that there was a flat tire that had been gotten, we, that they'd gotten a flat tire and needed a little extra time to get home. So um, during that process, Susan had her boyfriend, the guy that she was with, stopped to Denny's. And during the time when they were at Denny's, Emma must have drank about four cups of coffee. Susan kept pouring the coffee down Emma's throat to try to wake her up, to try to get her to sober up. Um, and they also had a few bottles of champagne in the truck um, that they were sipping on. And so... But by the time they got to Denny's, uh, Susan had made sure that Emma had nothing but coffee. When they got back to the house, it was approximately 2.30 or so in the morning. And Diane and Dan were awake and waiting for them to walk in the door. When they came in the door... Susan had said to Emma, 
don't say a word. Let me do all the talking. You just go sit in the chair in the corner and just let me do all the talking. And so Emma obliged when they went inside. She went for the living room chair in the corner and she sat down and Susan told Dan and Diane that we had a really good time with friends. Um, we're getting a ride home and got a flat tire. That's why we were late. And Dan said, okay, well, young ladies, you're home late by about an hour. Go to bed. We'll talk in the morning. Emma remembers getting up in the morning and going in the kitchen to get some orange juice, something to drink because she was so parched. And she remembers going in the kitchen and Dan was in the kitchen and she grabbed a glass of orange juice and was drinking the orange juice. And Dan came in and said, I just want to say thank you to you. And she's like, for what? And he said, for not coming home, totally fucked up last night. Uh, I'm glad you guys had a good time. And she said to Dan that she was extremely tired when they came home. That's why she didn't say much. She just wanted to go to bed. And that was the end of the story. Nothing was ever brought up again about that. But one thing that Emma really started to enjoy was doing speed. She loved to pop pills. She loved to pop the speed and getting high and smoking weed quite frequently. She met a boy at school that she really liked that she loved smoking hash with and smoking weed with. And they really liked each other. Emma would skip classes sometimes to get high and not even think about the repercussions of that. She just didn't care. She was in this world of her own and she really went into a kind of oblivious, confused state of mind. And she ended up one time taking being out with a with a boyfriend that she was dating um she went out with him and they had a couple of drinks and he gave her 20 what they used to call christmas trees and she took them all in one night and within a couple of hours time when she went back home, he dropped her off and went back home. She couldn't sleep all night long. She was up sitting in that corner chair in the living room, looking out the window. And it was about 4 a.m. Diane came out of her bedroom, saw her sitting there, and she's like, Emma, what are you doing awake? Why are you, why are you up? And Emma just said, I couldn't sleep. I can't sleep. For some reason, I just can't sleep. So the next day, Emma and Diane had a little talk 
And Diane explained to Emma that she knew she was doing something. She couldn't pinpoint it, but she knew that Emma was doing something. There's no reason why she would be awake at 4 a.m. in the morning, looking out the window, sitting in the living room, looking out the window. Emma admitted to Diane that she had been doing speed. She'd been drinking. She'd been smoking weed. And she just told her the truth because she was just tired of like trying to hide it and cover it up. And so at any rate, Emma and Susan and Tony were the ones that older kids in the house that kind of had to pick up the slack for the younger. Emma started having a crush on her brother, Tony. And before you knew it, it didn't take long at all, but Emma and Tony ran away from this foster home. They decided to hitchhike and go about 200 miles away into Northern Arizona. And supposedly Tony had a family a little ways away that had a trailer on a piece of property that, that Emma and him could stay at. And that this is what he wanted to do. And so Emma went with him and they ran away. They hitchhiked and they probably got a ride in the back of a pickup, probably took them over a hundred miles. And they got to the little town with the little small trailer and went inside and everything was dusty and dirty and covered with plastic sheeting. But they uncovered everything, got a little, I guess there was a little uh, propane heater and they plugged it in. They had no TV, no food. Um, no, nothing. And Tony decided to take Emma to the grocery store and try to get some food. He was shoplifting food. Emma was shoplifting cigarettes and beer. And unfortunately, Emma got caught. And when she got caught, Tony wasn't going to go escape from that either. He just gave himself up and Tony and her sat in a regular jail cell until Dan could show up to pick them up. And Dan had to drive almost 150, 200 miles to come and get them. And they were handcuffed. Everyone remembers being handcuffed to a chair, not being allowed to get up and When Dan came, um, he had a long talk with Emma, had a long talk with Tony, and they were required to come back home and be grounded for about a month. No phone, no TV, only could go to school, do homework at home, and one of the restrictions or the grounding was that Tony had to wash the dishes for the next month. 
After every meal, he was required to wash the dishes. Emma didn't like what she was told to do, which was clean the garage walls and clean the garage floors and clean the cars. That was her responsibility as punishment. And Emma refused to do it. When Emma refused to do it, there was a big argument that ensued. And Emma decided to uh, get angry about it and refused to do the garage, refused to clean it. She, she cried. She threw a fit. She said she wasn't going to do it. And they didn't force her, but she was not allowed to have phone conversations with friends and she was not allowed to watch TV. They eventually moved Tony into another home about a month later after they had picked them up um, from their runaway episode and Tony went to another home. Susan stayed there in that group home for quite some time, even after Emma was gone. And this is kind of where Emma's story changes and she ends up going to um, Job Corps. This was part of Emma's story that she ended up dropping out of high school. She told Diane and Dan that she did not want to be in high school. She didn't want to go back to school. She didn't feel school was right for her. She didn't, she didn't want to be there. And they told her she could not drop out of school unless she had some type of volunteer job to keep her busy. Any type of job, even if it was volunteer, she wasn't getting paid for it. They said she had to have some kind of interest to do. She couldn't just sit around and not do anything. So Emma got a job at the local YMCA. And she was working part-time there and she ended up dropping out of school, but her goal was to get into Job Corps and get her GED in Job Corps. So Diane and Dan decided to allow her to drop out of high school as long as she um, made an agreement to move forward and get her education through Job Corps. So she was put on a waiting list to get into Job Corps. It didn't take very long. I think it was probably about six months before Emma went off to Job Corps. But during that six-month time, Emma had another boyfriend. Um, He was a twin, and... um, She remembers on her 18th birthday, uh, her boyfriend picked her up and on the other side was his twin brother and she was sitting in between the two of them. It was very hard for her to tell them apart, um, but they came and picked her up on her lunch break and got her high for her lunch break. And then they dropped her off back at work. But Emma, when she went back to work, was so high she went into the use of the bathroom and she couldn't get off the toilet. So staff came in, they talked to her. She said she wasn't feeling good. 
they told her to go home and come back when she felt better. So Emma ended up going home and crawling into bed. And that is the story of Emma's start of resistance to being agreeable to some things and feeling like she really had to make up for some of the things that she had done wrong. This was now her time to be obstinate and be stubborn and do what she wanted to do. And, you know, sometimes we as teenagers make that, make that horrible mistake of thinking we know everything and that we're going to solve all our problems if we just do the things the way that we want to. Unfortunately, that was not the case in this situation and most likely will never be the case in any situation. As teenagers, we still have a lot of growing up to do and we don't know sometimes what's right from wrong. We don't, we don't really understand it. So um, at this point, I'm going to close and let this go for the next episode. And I have a lot to talk about. So I hope you join for the next episode. Um, We're going to be talking about some things that are going to be very difficult. And it's during Emma's life when she was like 13 to 15. And you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to this. So it's all about the cycle of abuse and learning how to break that cycle. And again, it's going to be a difficult subject, but I'm, I'm hoping and praying that I have followers out there that will continue to follow me, continue to listen to the podcast and enjoy what I'm talking about. And um, hopefully I'm keeping you interested and updated. And um, I hope you'll join again. Remember, please, please always give yourself some grace. Be kind to yourself. Know that you are important. You are enough. You matter. And this world will not be the same without you. So, Please, please, if you need a mental health break day or a mental health break period for an hour or two, please take it. And I hope you find some peace and beauty in your day. And thank you so much for listening to episode five. And we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.